if I had to say a minimum requirement, I would say 18 months out, you, you want to probably start doing some strength and conditioning that's specific to what you're going to do when you get to college. Even after the first month of, of pre-season in my second year, I felt physically stronger, I was fitter, uh, I was happier. Well, I'd say have a holistic approach to your training. Don't just play your sport. Make sure that you're doing something active and structured away from your training so that you're physically developing. Hello and welcome listeners to the fifth episode of the NSR Australia podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to the high performance manager at NSR Australia, Michael Chiaviti. I'm going to be asking him some some really important questions about your preparation for college athletically. First of all, I'd like to apologize to to all the listeners out there that uh, may need new speakers in their car or new speakers at home. Uh, it was recently brought to my attention that the music in the breaks of the podcast is ridiculously loud. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would like to apologize for anyone who is now deaf or has hearing difficulties because of the, uh, the, the super loud, ridiculous noise in the previous podcasts. So uh, hopefully in this episode, the music isn't as, as crazy. Uh, but moving on, as I mentioned, we'll be talking with our high performance manager, uh, Michael Chiaviti. Now, Mick has helped semi-professional and professional teams. Uh, he's worked with elite professional athletes as, as well as Olympians. Uh, so he definitely knows what he's talking about and has had a, a pretty awesome experience you know, working with, with these type of athletes. So Mick also works with a small group of, of NSR athletes on the high performance program, um, and he helps prepare them for, for college. So what we're going to be talking about is, is really what you can do now to be prepared for for college when you when you do go over you know what can you do to help yourself be ready for your first season to to go in and dominate straight away Mick welcome to this week's podcast thanks for having me on Jacob it's been uh, it's been fun listening to the uh, to the ones you guys have done so far thank you so look for those that aren't too sure just give everyone a brief overview of what your role is and how you help the athletes uh, on the NSR program uh, and on the NSR high performance program yeah no worries um, so I've got a background in sports science um, and I've been fortunate enough to work with athletes um, for the last sort of 12 15 years and what I do here with NSR is I I basically become an extension of the athletes existing coaching network so they've, they've got the technical coaches or the the people that are working with them at face-to-face wherever they are across Australia and New Zealand and then um, I basically become a secondary link in that coaching network and and specifically helping them with their their athletic development so helping them you know know what sort of benchmarks and levels they need to be at physically and then providing them with the resources and training programs to, to achieve those those standards. So every August we have athletes departing for the U.S. At the moment we have kids leaving every single day uh, to go over and start their pre-seasons. Right now we're, we're a year out from, from the athletes heading over in 2018. Uh, this may seem like forever away, but I promise you it will sneak up. Um, take me, for example. I, you know, I thought I'd uh, prepare myself for pre-season maybe a month, a month and a half out. I was obviously doing my normal club training uh, twice a week with a game on the weekend. I thought maybe an extra half hour running a day. Um, I signed up for a gym uh, as well. I thought that would be enough to 
to be ready. I was definitely definitely shocked when I got there. I was I was way behind the pace, you know, training two three times a day every single day for for three weeks. It was definitely a shock a shock to the body. But my first question for you, Mick, is how far out should an athlete start preparing themselves athletically for for a college preseason? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Look, my simple answer is now. You know, start start doing it now, regardless of whether you've got three or four years or, or twelve months. Realistically, I think the truth of the matter is that your U.S. counterparts, so the athletes that you're hoping to go over there and take a college spot away from, which is exactly what's happening, are in the process of doing it right now. I was lucky enough to to visit the U.S. a couple of years ago and and, and pop into a couple of privately owned athletic training facilities, and I was shocked to see you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old athletes uh, during the school holidays, rather than going to do a holiday clinic, a soccer clinic or a, or a basketball clinic, these guys were in two-week intensive athletic development camps with the sole purpose of preparing them to try and get a college scholarship. So um, I guess the, the big thing is probably not just the physical preparation, but just we want our athletes to familiarize themselves with the training methods and the systems that they're going to have to get accustomed to when they get there so it's as much about education as it is about physically preparing but if I had to say a minimum requirement I would say 18 months out you want to probably start doing some strength and conditioning that's specific to what you're going to do when you get to college. Uh, Definitely now you've also been working and we use one of our athletes as an example you've been working with a lot of different athletes but Harrison Mm McIntyre for example he's going over to play a sport that he's never played before Um, maybe give a bit of an example on on him and and the time it took i guess him to improve his athletic results you know in lifting and and his sprint times etc um okay so he was a really cool example so he came to us um obviously had some real natural ability otherwise he wouldn't have been interested in going to punt in the u.s but he played mainly afl you know aussie rules uh very very long kick on him to start with already could kick sort of 55 60 meters but decided that he was going to go over and, and play in college football. Never done it before. So uh, he, he was fortunate that he was in Melbourne. So, you know, Matt could actually do a little bit of kick, giving some, you know, some YouTube clips and things to think about and, and implement with his kicking. But from a physical development perspective, he's really going into an environment where the best athletes in the world hang out, which is college football. Yeah, definitely. So what we could do was we, we, could only, we could only really control the athletic Development. We couldn't really control the punting because he could only kick you know, a certain amount of times a week. So that was always going to tick along. So we thought to ourselves, well, what we can control is how strong and powerful and explosive you are. And if we kind of get the good, you know, the numbers going in the right direction, you're going to attract attention from the right coaches. So our objective was let's just get really powerful, really explosive and work on your sprint time. So he went away and physically researched it, worked out, what is expected of him as a, as a college footballer. And then we started working towards those numbers. So, you know, just, just this week he's been tested over there at Iowa Wesleyan and he sent me his numbers and he, he did one, one rep of a squat at 400 pounds. Um, he did a, a 250 kilo bench press, sorry, 250 pound bench press. Um, and he ran a 40 yard sprint in 4.76 seconds, which is uh, excellent for, for a punter. Um, so yeah, his approach was slightly different, but we we sort of we, we put the conditioning aside and we said, okay, we're just going to get in the gym four times a week on a structured program and just get super strong so that we can impress the right people. So just to sum that up quickly, it's really never too early to start. Um, your body definitely takes time to improve 
athletically and you want to be in the best possible shape before you head over. Obviously, this this shows a, a bit of your character as well to the coach. If you go over fully prepared and, and you're fit and ready to go, um, that says a lot about you as a person. Um, you, you're committed to the cause, obviously. So that's pretty straightforward with sports that require high levels of fitness, so like basketball, soccer, for example. So what would you suggest for sports like golf or athletes that um, specialize in, in a particular event in track and field like high jump or, or long jump or discus, for example? Yeah, it's a good question. So I guess every athlete has their own unique uh, requirements and the sport has its own requirements. But th- at this day and age, we're seeing that even golfers who play a sport that's really technically difficult are still preparing athletically because if we can if we can stay strong and healthy and durable which is a word i use a lot then you can play more golf if you're not injured and you're in good shape you can stack more rounds on top of each other which is ultimately going to bring your um, handicap down and we look at things like uh, swimming and you know volleyball or gymnastics and we've we've seen in the research and we've seen from best practice examples i.e looking at what athletes that have a lot of success going back and having a look at what they did those that approach their training holistically so they have you know time spent on their technical component they have time spent on the physical component they have time for recovery they've got their nutrition organized i think that it just produces better results because everything's kind of packaged and you know what you're doing on a given day so i guess it always comes back to doing a needs analysis on your sport having a look at what the best people in your sport do really well and then benchmarking yourself off what they've done and making sure that uh, if anything, you're including the sessions that they include uh, in your training week. So, you know, golfers these days are not just golfers. We're seeing, I guess, probably Tiger Woods played a big part in showing the, the golfing community and the rest of the world that you can't just hit a ball. You have to be athletic because then you can play more golf. You know, you if you're not getting injured, you get more time on the apparatus as a gymnast or uh, in the pool as a swimmer. So yeah, that would be my advice. So really, no matter what sport you compete in, there's always you know things you can do to, to help prepare yourself and improve. Um, so as we mentioned before, 18 months, sort of 12 months out from from your college entry date is the perfect time to start maybe a, a full-time training schedule or, or program. Um, so this is athletes in, in year 12, for example. What can the younger athletes do? So kids in year 8, 9, 10, for example, is there a particular method for these athletes you know as obviously they're still growing and developing in their sports what what should they be doing yeah that's a good question um i think the the takeaway message is probably if you can start earlier then it is better because what that gives you is time to work out your best system so i can put together a training program program using our high performance portal where we where we write all the training programs for athletes but we're not going to know whether that's the perfect program for you unless there's some element of trial and error so I guess if you wait too late to some degree, then you're just hoping that the programs and the systems we put in place work. Whereas when you start young, what you can do is you can work out what training programs, what exercises, what you know, uh, weekly schedule gets you playing your best. So the benefit starting earlier is a little bit of trial and error. Now, if I had to give you actual tangible things to think about, I would say be really critical of how you spend your training week because what we what we see is a lot of time put in the sport itself and not a lot of time put into recovery and managing your body physically and then you get to a point where you just can't take it anymore. You either fall out of love with the game because you're getting so many injuries or you're just exhausted. So I think getting a good balanced training week is key, knowing when to rest, when to do your things away from the sport. 
Educate yourself on good quality movement, okay? So this would, I'm referring to making sure that you've got good flexibility, good stability, that you just move really well, okay? So some things you might want to try and do is make sure that you can, you know, do an overhead reach. So the old, you know, the old trick where you kind of put one hand around the bottom of your back and one hand over your, over the top and can you touch your hands together? Have you got good upper body flexibility? Um, can you do a full range squat? You know, so sit right down, almost put your butt right down on your heels. That's just a general measure of good hip and knee flexibility. Can you, you know, sit on the ground with your feet against the wall and touch your toes? So they're just some basic tests for mobility. And if you can't do them, then you need to work out why and you need to work on that. So that would be my suggestion around flexibility. Um, for the younger athletes, <clears throat> when you're working on your just general strength, I'd say you want to be able to do at least... 15 or 20 single leg squats and you can YouTube that exercise and work out you know what that is but you should be able to do 15 or 20 single leg box squats on each leg you should probably be able to do I'd say 8 to 10 full strict push ups as well and maybe 3 to 5 chin ups so that would be just some general movement and strength markers for that I'd love to see in my you know 13, 14, 15 year old athletes Now, Mick, you've worked with some pretty high-profile athletes and, and even Olympians, as we mentioned before. Um, what did you take from their preparation for an event you know, that our athletes can apply to their own preparation for, for college or any other sporting event for that matter? Um, yeah, okay. I mean, every athlete's different from, from Socceroos through to, to Olympic athletes, but I think probably the running theme that I've seen amongst athletes that have a lot of success is that... Um, they're really self-aware, so they're able to look at their performances, whether it's a training performance or a game performance, and critically assess what they did really well and what they did poorly. So they take themselves seriously, but not too seriously. So they can look at their performances from like a third-person perspective and say, well, I didn't play that great today, but you know, I did like 30 hours of cramming with my studies <laughs> this week. I skipped that training session. I ate pretty average, so that explains why I didn't play well. So they've just got a good ability to self assess their own performance and work out why they played well or they didn't play well so I think you know keeping a little training diary and things like that any ways to sort of track your own performance is really critical Um, I think being strong is really important so physically being strong and durable and avoiding those injuries but also being mentally strong and and realizing that things are not happening to you as an athlete when you get injured and things like that things are happening for you to learn and develop every single um, training session is a chance to sort of get get better but there are going to be days when you don't get better there are going to be days when you get worse so you need to be able to say why did that happen and it's cool I'm, I'm ready to go again tomorrow so being open-minded and self-aware is really important I'd say also they're very good at asking questions so the athletes I work with that have had a lot of success will never just do something I've told them to do because I've told them to do it. They'll always say, Mick, wh- why, why do I need to do that? What's the main reason that's going to make me better? So that's a that's been a really common uh, trend is that good athletes ask really good questions. I guess the other thing is probably be, be a bit of a pain in the butt to your coach. You know, Always try and ask them, is there something I could be doing better? Is there something I could be doing more of? If you become one of those athletes that's always kind of in the ear of your coach or on the text to your coach and sort of saying you know hey, hey mate you know what can I work on what did you think about this performance is there anything I can work on you're going to have a lot of success because you're constantly self-evaluating and communicating with the right people and the last bit would probably be I guess a lot of those athletes really enjoy the process you know like they actually enjoy the process of 
putting in the time and seeing whether that translates to good performances and and they love what they do you know at, at the point that it's no longer fun anymore you need to kind of look at why you're doing it and reassess that so i guess just be aware that you're in one percent of the population that gets a chance to actually train and enjoy their sport the rest of the world's kind of not getting to do that sort of fun stuff so take every opportunity as a chance to to improve and and um and perform so mick if you could just some sort of everything up that we've, we've spoken about or that you've you've spoken about um, in a few key points what are the I guess key takeaways from this this episode yeah okay um, well I'd say have a holistic approach to your training don't just play your sport make sure that you're doing something active and structured away from your training so that you're physically developing and uh, and, and keep an eye on where you need to get to if, unless you have some hard numbers or facts or benchmarks to work towards you're never going to know whether you're on the right track. So, you know, coming along to the college combines, for example, is a great way to get tested, get screened, and make sure that you're progressively getting better. So holistic program, benchmark yourself against the, the, the top athletes for your sport. Um, be self-aware, know what's working, what's not working. So, you know, make sure you're educating yourself on the, on the systems that you're trying um, and testing out and, and keep track of what works um, and, and enjoy the process. They'd be the big things. Definitely. So touching on maybe my own sort of experiences in, in college, playing college soccer, maybe I wasn't as self-aware as I, I should have been, as you mentioned. My first season, I went in and I just, I guess I just, just did soccer. I just focused on playing football. I didn't really focus on what I was eating at the cafeteria. I didn't go to the gym. I didn't do anything extra. Um, it was just... It was all soccer, and I I didn't really feel like I had the best season you know, in the first year. In the second year, I sort of went in and I sort of had a, a long hard look at myself and thought, what else could I be doing to instead of I guess come off the bench? What could I do to to be starting every single game? Um, so in my second year, I I ate a lot better. I didn't just go for the deep fried stuff in the cafeteria. I, I ate salads and uh, fruits and vegetables. There they are obviously on offer. Uh, at the cafeteria despite what you might hear <laughs> and I also went to the gym every night and after the first even after the first month of, of pre-season in my second year I felt physically stronger I was fitter uh, I was happier um, and once you get in that uh, I guess routine it's it's hard to get out of uh, and when you start seeing results yourself uh, you actually want to you know you don't want to stop doing what you're doing you want to continuously improve so yeah I guess a uh, a takeaway from that for, for everyone else is don't wait to to go in and figure figure things out do it as early as possible uh, as Mick said there's no there's no, there's no harm in, in starting earlier definitely the, the earlier you start the better and the more prepared you will be and it gives you time to figure out what works for you and what doesn't as Mick said mm. but yeah Mick thank you very much for for coming in on the on the podcast this week hopefully everyone has learned something new uh, again I, I know I have uh, again but Mick, appreciate it. No, it's been great. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the podcast this week. Uh, hopefully your speakers haven't been blown. Uh, I did turn down the music, so it should be a little bit better. Uh, please feel free, uh, as always, to, to send in feedback at jrichards at nsr-inc.com. We appreciate any kind of feedback you guys have, whether it be... Uh, something on this episode or previous episodes, uh, as well as information on what we can improve 
even if you have a particular topic that you would like covered, please feel free to, to send all that kind of stuff in to my email address, which again is jrichards at nsr-inc.com. So make sure everyone tunes in next week. Uh, we'll have a, a, another important topic. <laughs>